0: <laughs> That'll work. Uh, what's up, everybody? It's Eric. <laughs> I'm about to kill myself, probably. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> just oh, kidding. No. Just kidding. Just kidding. If you don't know what kind of podcast this is, you sure as fuck know now. Uh, we're talking about <laughs> comic book movie news. Oh man! <laughs> and uh, we're making dark jokes. Uh, we just recorded half an hour of this podcast. Well, we should, we thought we recorded half an hour. Of this I'll
1: podcast. say that I was recording myself. Yeah, one minute.
0: of us was recording half an hour of this podcast, and the other one was me. Uh, so we're gonna do it again. We got news. We got Wakanda forever. Good fucking times. It's the Infinity Watch <laughs> Podcast.
1: <laughs> Welcome to the Infinity Watch Podcast. Uh, I am I am getting deja vu up in here, <laughs> but I'm gonna forget about all that and say that it is season three, episode nineteen of the Infinity Watch Podcast. We got one more episode left following this one, which is the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special. But yeah, it's been it's been a wild day. It's only apropos that my co host Eric forgot to record.
0: Oh, and also God.
1: forgot to watch the film we're discussing.
0: I know. I know. But I didn't forget. I mean, I have an excuse, but you guys don't care. This I, is not the first time it's happened, and it won't be the last. That's right.
1: I'm going to take <laughs> you on a spiritual journey to Wakanda. A Wakanda that has more water than we ever remembered it having. Okay.
0: <laughs> All right. I love it.
1: And we're going to go through it. But what we're going to do, since Eric and I have been not recording, well, I've been recording, but. I might just listen back to that one-sided podcast. It'll be great. Oh, Um, my God. I'm going to do what I call hyper news, in which I'm going to say a news article, explain what's happening. Eric's going to provide commentary for five seconds or less. Yep. And then we're going to move on to the next one. Yep. All right. So you ready for this? Uh, We'll see. All right. Deadpool 3, Fantastic Four, the cast from the first film in 2005, expected to show up in that one. Uh, fucking wild.
0: That's going to be sick. Chris Evans as the Human Torch will be cool. I Michael
1: Chiklis. True. Bring him back. Yeah, But not just them. We're also going to get a big role for Owen Wilson as Loki's Mobius M. Mobius.
0: Mm. And uh, he will be saying uh, it's Mobin time in that movie. Guaranteed
1: 100%. And if they don't, it. then probably have to just quit that bitch.
0: Yeah, probably.
1: Unfortunately, bad news. The voice of Batman in almost any any animated series or movie in like the last 30 years, Kevin Conroy, he passed away of cancer at age 66, way too fucking young. Dude was literally the voice of Batman. I wish he could have voiced Batman forever. Even in the live action, just ADR that shit. His voice was perfect.
0: Yeah, agreed. That's super sad. Um, RIP. It's too young. Way too young.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, I have a series of uh, articles here just about shit that I think is stupid, Um, and I'm going to do, I think, three of them together, Um, the first of which being there is an Indiana Jones Disney Plus series being developed, Um, and it's just going to be a prequel focusing on his mentor, a guy named Abner Ravenwood, and all I got to say to this is, you should have recasted him 10 years ago, just give me Indiana Jones, this is ridiculous.
0: Yeah, no one cares, uh, unless this is Andor quality, which it won't be. Why? Right. Why? Right.
1: Exactly. Next up, they're making a prequel to the horror film It, and It Chapter 2 that's called Welcome to Dairy, which is supposed to be an HBO Max show. <laughs> prequel to It. Another thing that I ask, why? Why? Why is it we always get good shit canceled, but then that shit always gets made?
0: Yeah, it's, uh, I've got to imagine at some point they will figure out that this obsession with, like, everything's got to be a series isn't working because they're doing it too hard, and there's got to find a, there's got to be a happy medium somewhere in there.
1: It's like, I'm fine with it being a series. Like, those those two movies I thought were great. You might have been able to get a third one out of there, but I thought it was great. They just did two. But then just leave it. Like, find something else, because there's plenty of good shit out there that you can make. Um... (laughs) <laughs> but ironically <clears throat> avatar director james cameron said in an interview and i'm going to paraphrase he's basically said he's willing to end his franchise with just 3 movies in a trilogy if his new movies suck yeah so you know
0: i mean like we said in take one of this podcast james cameron has an amazing track record but like i got to believe there's yeah. no fucking way these are going to be great so they might be good but well, they're not going to be great.
1: I agree that it's dumb to bet against him. Dude has like two of the highest grossing films of all time. But this movie was made, Avatar was made over a decade ago. And then they just greenlit four other ones without even just getting a little foot in the way of, of, the, way of the water, you know? A little play on words for there for you. I just don't get it because I, I don't know. The movie wasn't revered because it was a good story. It was Pocahontas with cool special effects.
0: Yeah, 100%. That's just, literally all it was.
1: I just don't under... I have, like, negative hype for this. But I would... I, let me let me say I would love to be wrong. And betting against James Cameron is stupid, so... Yeah, agreed. Um, spoiler cast, spoiler cast. If you are mad about spoilers listening to this, then you're mad at yourself for being so <laughs> stupid. Um, It seems like at one point, Doctor Doom may or may not have been rumored to be in an after-credits scene of Black Panther Wakanda forever. Obviously, that didn't happen seems like they decided that they just wanted to focus on the story that was going on, especially with all the Chadwick Boseman stuff. Um, probably the right decision to make. I don't know. I don't think we needed a, uh, Dr. Doom as Nick Fury in Iron Man one scene, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm here to have you join the bad guy initiative. Namor. Um, it's just a waste of time. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Agreed.
1: Love the character. This didn't seem to make sense. Yeah. Um, Interesting article, I uh, glanced at it, and I think I read the title wrong, because I read it as, DC Studio bosses are doing their job. Oh wait, it says, uh, DC Studio's bosses are mapping out an eight to ten year plan for new DCU with one great overarching story. Eight years? That's one Superman movie.
0: Yeah, literally. <laughs> literally.
1: Is that Like, how do these people get paid so much money to be so goddamn incompetent?
0: I wish I had that job.
1: How do we live in a world where Ant-Man makes more money than, like, Batman?
0: It's fucking crazy.
1: That's astounding to me.
0: It is absolutely
1: astounding. Almost as astounding, Eric, is Tom Holland signing yeah. to Spider-Man 4. What did he sign up for? He's got a Spider-Man Trilogy. Avengers Kang Dynasty, Avengers Secret War, and a possible cameo in Daredevil Born Again.
0: Yes, which uh, might be interesting, but I think will likely be disappointing.
1: All they have to do is have Tom Holland go out there in some jeans and a t-shirt, and then they can put him in any outfit they want and just have him jump around. It'll look great. What do you mean?
0: (laughs) Yeah, we'll we'll see, I guess.
1: No, honestly, I there's like a famous comic book panel where they're just sitting on like a beam of a construction site eating food together. That's all I would need. I don't even need him in the rest of the show. Just have him show up once and then I'm all for it, but I'm on the MCU Daredevil train. She-Hulk was amazing. So, there's yeah, that. I
0: 100% agree.
1: Um Captain America star Chris Evans, he says he misses playing Captain America. Shocker. I would miss getting paid a lot of money to just Work out and put on a sweet suit, too. Uh, But good news for him, he'll be back for Secret Wars because everyone's going to be. So, Yep, absolutely. There you have it. Um, I'm going to skip this one. It's not good enough. Um,
0: (laughs) Oh, What's the speed version?
1: (laughs) The speed version was they asked Kevin Feige whether Ryan Coogler, director of both Black Panther movies, was going to be directing Secret Wars. And he was like, I love him, but uh, no, we haven't had any conversations. I wouldn't expect him to either. It doesn't seem like his gig. Um, but hey, money talks, right? Um, I agree. I was really happy about this. Parks and Rec and Legion star, uh, 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 I can't talk, Aubrey Plaza. Super awesome actress. She has joined the cast of Agatha, Coven of Chaos. Another one of those shows that I didn't think needed to be made. Yeah. But I'm certainly interested now.
0: Yeah, I mean, Aubrey Plaza's amazing, obviously. Um, uh, My hype for that show is still zero, though.
1: (laughs) I I would need to know more of what the overall arc of it is. But just sitting right now, I'm not excited about it. I got excited when I saw Aubrey Plaza joined, but I just want to know what the story is because I just worry... There's so many shows... Like, they were going to do another Shang-Chi show about, like, his sister training all those people. They were going to do, like, a Wakanda show, showing more of that. And I think those are now going to be, like, those Marvel special presentations. I have much more of a stomach for a one-off small mini-movie or small-off, you know, episode than a whole series. It just, I feel like most of the time spinoffs just don't have enough energy to really carry themselves
0: yeah I would agree uh with some exceptions, but there's I, always
1: exceptions yeah yep. but um, but they are exceptions
0: yeah they're going they're just uh, they're doing a little too much, they're trying to do a little too much now yeah. we'll see if even half of these planned spinoffs even get made. I feel like very often they do get cancelled before they do get made, but um but yeah, might might be too much.
1: We'll see. There are rumors that Disney is reportedly um, letting off a bunch of people and doing budget cuts. And it's like, all right, well, the good shit shouldn't be touched, but it always seems like something like that happens.
0: Yeah, because there's some dildo up at the top of the ladder. It's just like, we need to cut costs. Let's get rid of, let's sell (laughs) Spider-Man.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Do your dildos often talk to you, Eric?
0: Yeah, mine do. Do yours
1: not? We'll talk about that after the podcast. <laughs> um, this article, it just says, Thunderbolt star David Harbour says the movie will contain a, quote, bomb drop for the MCU.
0: Is that a reference to A-bomb?
1: I don't know. I, I just, I don't even, like, this This I file into the folder of, like, actor says their movie that they're in yeah. will be good.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: It's like Okay. Also, if something has a twist, I don't want to know it. You know what I mean? Like saying something has a twist is is spoiling it in some regard. I think. Um, Yeah,
0: I I know what you mean. That kind of stuff doesn't bother me. I know it's just the MCU.
1: You know, it's not like fucking uh, Sixth Sense or anything. Yeah. yeah. Um, but still.
0: But I get it though.
1: All right, that is hyper news. All right. But we are here to talk about Black Panther Wakanda Forever has already made over $300 million at the box office.
0: Yeah, it's the best November opening of all time, right?
1: Yeah, and second biggest opening of 2022 following Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which is actually yeah, nice. kind of surprising for me.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, it is a little bit for me as well. Um, but The Doctor theater Strange I went to
1: huge. was fucking packed, bro. Yeah, A guy tried to fight me in the movie theater. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: He thought I was talking too much. I, like, just whispered something to my wife, and he was like, do you guys mind trying to watch the movie? And I'm like, bro, like, chill out. And I got a little scared because he was, like, a middle-aged white guy, and those are the most violent people you'll ever come across. <laughs> and, yeah, um
0: maybe you should have just shut up.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, like, I am, like, the, the nicest person in a theater. Like, I don't usually eat anything. I never have my phone on. I just, like, whispered something to my wife because we're watching this movie together. And he got all mad. And he got up and he moved to the chair next to him and then, like, threw his jacket down in the chair he's sitting on. And, it like, the, the arm f- flew over and hit my arm. And so I just picked it up again and threw it back down. And he's like, don't touch my jacket. <laughs> it's like, don't fucking throw your jacket at me. Was this guy alone? Yeah. Oh, man. I was like, man, chill the F out. But, uh, yeah, I was about to throw some hands in the movie theater, but I was too busy choking up over Chadwick Boseman. Uh, True. But we got Indian food after, and so that made it all better. So Nice. All right. Here's what we're going to do. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. I have a special thing, too. I have a special thing. Oh. I saw a post on Reddit this week, and I just had to take a screenshot Someone is talking about The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and they're like, I finally watched The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. (laughs) And uh, shout out to Reddit. I'm not even going to give the username. I'm just going to read part of it. And he said, I thought it was so deep, real, and raw. I absolutely loved the dialogue. There were so many twists and turns that it kept me on my feet. It was emotional. I thought the banter between Sam and Bucky was hilarious, and seeing Carly go down the extremist route made me so sad. I thought she had so much potential. John Walker made me mad, in all caps. I couldn't stand the guy. Zemo coming in to help was a huge shocker, yet a pleasant surprise. Sharon was incredible to watch, and her ending up being the power broker was a shock. The fight scenes were badass as well, in my opinion. <laughs> Plus, getting a more personal look at Sam's family, home life, and Bucky's struggled, and Bucky's struggle with making amends really tugged at my heartstrings. Enough said. I want to know why you did or didn't like the show. And the top comment says The Falcon and the Winter Soldier was one of the best of Phase 4. Really grounded, emotional, raw, deep, mature, serious, with great characters and a very, very well written exploration of a ton of real world socio political themes as well as the MCU's own lore. What the fuck are these people smoking? I mean, that's insane.
0: That, that's absolutely insane. Is it like two
1: interns at Marvel Studios just trying <laughs> yeah. to, like, you know, raise the rep of this shitty show? Damn. You just take out two episodes of that show worth of content, and it probably would have been, like, A+. Yeah, it would have been a decent... Yeah, you know, like a B plus, it, A-, minus, you know? Yeah. But, no. Best of Phase 4? In a world in which Spider-Man No Way Home exists? You're out of your goddamn mind, all right?
0: That's insane. That's insane. Those people are smoking the crack rocks.
1: Yeah, sorry, I had to. I had to bring that up because no, I that's just great. read it and I thought I was in an insane asylum.
0: That's great.
1: Holy shit. Okay, I just got to say, for me personally, that Spider-Man: No Way Home is kind of my barometer for this year in terms of like things that I I like. I thought that that was the best. That was the best MCU movie to come out since end game mm. do, you, do you have any fighting words for that i'm wondering
0: i don't know i've
1: oh there is eternals
0: i'm thinking more i mean i really liked dr strange um
1: damn okay okay
0: yeah i i don't know i mean i i obviously really love spider-man but there's something about that movie, and this is not, I want to make sure I frame this non-negatively because I don't mean it even 1% negatively. But there is something about that movie for me that it feels less like a Spider-Man story and more like just like a, uh, like a circus event. Which people wow. can and do argue all Marvel movies are that, for sure, and and they'd be right. I would agree, but for some reason that one was just a little bit more like that. It's like this is this is really good. It's really fun. I really loved my time watching it, but I felt like there wasn't a ton of like substance there.
1: Hold on, I got to take a call in here from a uh, uh, a Mister Scorsese. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's like I would never go that far because again, it's like yeah. I like.
1: So, I so would really you do then? It. Multiverse of Madness. Then that movie. Or is it number two? Is it number three? What do you think? Yeah.
0: Well, so what are the other ones? There's, there's we got uh, Thor:
1: Love and Thunder, Eternals, oh, yeah. Shang Chi. Um, what else came out? Is that it? Oh, you got Black Widow.
0: Oh geez, yeah,
1: and I think that's it. And then obviously, what kind of forever? Yeah, there's uh, seven movies: Black Widow, Shang Chi, Eternals, No Way Home, Multiverse of Madness, Love and Thunder, What Kind of Forever?
0: Um, I would go. Yeah, it, it would be second. It would be second behind Multiverse of Madness for sure. All right. Uh, my least favorite. I don't. Oof. Sorry, sorry guys. I'm I'm not gonna edit out these coughs. I'm choking on beef jerky. Um uh the, my least favorite has to be love and thunder
1: only, below eternals
0: yeah only because Damn. i had s- expectations for love and thunder that it like yeah. woefully underperformed i didn't care about eternals at all uh and it wasn't very I see good.
1: what you're saying yeah for the battle of expectations eternals really couldn't lose too bad because there wasn't any to begin with
0: right right
1: all right that's fair yeah i'd still say uh going from top to bottom I would probably do "No Way Home," "Multiverse of Madness," "Shang Chi." What kind of... I don't even want to include "What Kind of Forever." I have to see it again. Um, "Love and Thunder," "Black Widow," "Eternals." I don't know. Just the bottom is kind of sucking it up there a little bit, but okay. we'll see. But okay. But that was my grounding is, is I wanted to feel the same way I felt after seeing No Way Home, which okay. I felt really good after seeing that one. Um, and we'll get into some of my gripes and, and praises of Black Panther Kind of Forever, but let's just go through it beat by beat. And then we can kind of comment on things.
0: Yeah, I yeah, I, I will try my best to not uh, interrupt very much during this. No, situation. if
1: you have you have something to say, you say it. I'll okay. just and if you have questions, you can ask questions. But we're gonna we're gonna go through a beat by beat with basically all the details of what happens in the movie okay. in order. So, the film almost opens up immediately, and like you're in one of those lab, you know, tech labs in Wakanda, and you see Shuri, and she's trying to basically make a heart-shaped herb uh, synthetically with, like, a 3D printer. And it keeps failing, keeps failing. And we find out she's trying to save T'Challa from some disease or sickness. And she just keeps trying to make this heart-shaped herb because Killmonger destroyed them all. And then her mom comes in, and she's like, Shuri, and she's like, your brother's with the ancestors. And then... You know, that's it. He dies. It was really weird. It was kind of jarring, to be honest, um, because you obviously don't see you don't see Chadwick at all. Yeah, and it just does seem weird that she's like, I get you're trying to save your brother, but like if he's dying, you'd think you'd want to like be there. Um, and so it was a little bit weird, I will say that. Um, but almost immediately after that, you see the Marvel Studios opening, and it's completely silent, and it's all purple, and then. Every single picture in the logo is Chadwick. And that shit wow. was fucking tough. Jeez. Like silence. Like you could hear a fucking pin drop. Yeah. And oh man, God. you heard a pin drop and then you heard me sniffling. Okay. <laughs> because that shit got me immediately, which probably pissed off the guy next to me because he doesn't have any emotions other than <laughs> anger. But I thought that was really good. It was just, man, it hit really fucking hard. And so there's a time jump. One year later, and you kind of you see at like a UN type meeting. I think it was the UN, and Wakanda's being put under pressure by other nations, and mostly in this scene, it was the United States and France to share their vibranium. Um, And they're like, we like vibranium is not detectable in metal detectors. We've got intelligence that it could be used to make weapons of mass destruction. Blah 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 blah. And we see this, like, team uh, of, like, Navy SEALs, basically, attempt to steal some vibranium from one of their outreach posts. And so these guys come in, and they're like, where's the vibranium? And then, like, you see, like, this scientist guy point to, like, this crazy fucking Wakandan vault. And then they're like, who has access? And they point to this woman. And it's just, like, a woman with a hat on. But you don't realize at this point that she's a Dora Milaje. Yeah, yeah. And so they get her to open up this vault, and it just opens up, and all you see is a Koye and all of the other Dora Milaje standing right at the door. Wow. And they just fucking, like, wipe them clean. Like, some of them, I think, die, for sure, but they just, like, like kick their asses. And so Queen Ramonda is at, like, this UN thing, and she's, like, basically giving the speech, basically spanking the United States and France, you know, for trying to get their stuff. And then the Dora Milaje come in escorting, like, these, like, French or American soldiers, right? And then just, like, you know, set their asses down right in the U.N. building. It was so badass. Loved this scene. So good. Um, So that was great. And then I think at one point the queen, like, talks to Shuri and she's like, you should continue trying to make a heart-shaped herb. We need a new Black Panther to defend Wakanda, um, but like Shuri in this entire movie, she's like the black Panther's a figure of the past. She's like all about technology, no tradition. Everything about her is like science, science, science. Okay. That's like all she cares about, which is so ironic, but we're not <laughs> going to get into that. Um, the next scene, we're like shown a boat on the Atlantic ocean and it's a CIA U S Navy seals boat. And they're using some type of vibranium detecting machine. And they seem to have located a deposit of vibranium underwater. So, um, and I'll say from the get-go, like, this whole sequence was, like, six out of six. It felt like a mini-movie. Wow. Because um, nice. you see two people go down in, like, underwater suits. And they're trying to get a look at the vibranium. But then, like, you see, like, stuff swim past them. And then, like, they lose connectivity to one of the guys. And the lady turns around. And, like, his suit is completely gone. And just, like, the cables that were holding him are just there. Whoa. It felt like like a thriller movie. It was great. Um, and we find out that all the, all the, um, I keep calling them Atlanteans, the Talacons or whatever, I don't know how to say it. I mean, Um, Atlant
0: they're still Atlanteans.
1: Yeah. Basically the Atlantean guys, you see them kind of swim up and there's just like one guy's head in the water and like this Navy SEAL guy's looking at it and he's like, what the fuck? But then a whole bunch of them come up and they all start like singing a song Mm. and the Navy SEAL guys just start running straight into the water and just jumping in.
0: Whoa. Oh, so it's like a siren song. Wow. That's awesome.
1: And so they basically, they basically all start committing suicide, but then like all these, like the blue skin telecon, telecon people, I don't know how to say it. I'm just going to say Atlantean. Um, the Atlantean guys just like start like killing all these people. And then the one woman from the CIA, she's trying to get away. She jumps onto a helicopter. She's able to like shoot all these guys. Like some of them are just dying from being shot. Um, (laughs) They're flying away in the helicopter, like, oh, okay, good. And then she got away. She's like, there some, there's like some guys with blue, and then and then like their helicopter gets like stuck. And then you see Namor. He like grabs the helicopter and basically like kills them. And so no no one makes it out alive on this like CIA ship. Um, and so that leads the CIA to believing that Wakanda was responsible for it because Wakanda is so protective over the vibranium because no one had an actual right, encounter right. with. The Atlantean people that lived, right? That scene was great. Loved it. Um, so Shuri and her mom are trying to like mourn her brother. It's been a year since he died. Shuri is just like all into science shit, and she doesn't want to acknowledge emotion at all. She's basically Spock in this movie. Um huh. And she's like, what we need to do is we need to burn the clothes from the funeral. Oh, there was a whole funeral sequence. I just skipped over it. I just realized. After, after he dies, there's this huge funeral sequence. You've seen it in the trailers. Mm-hmm. Everyone's wearing white. They're dancing. Everyone seemed really happy. It was a cool sequence, but it was just a funeral, right? So that was, that was nice. Um, but Queen Ramona's is like, we should burn our clothes as like a sign of mourning. And so, like, the two of them, she's like, keep your kimono beads, uh, you know, which you knew something was going to happen when she told her to leave her kimono beads and stuff. Uh, Kamoyo, whatever they're called. Um, And they, like, have this little fire on the side of, like, a little body of water. First body of water I've seen in Wakanda. Um, And they're, like, talking in front of this fire. And then Namor just, like, walks out of the water. And they're both like, WTF? Like, how did our security not catch this, right? They're, like, so advanced. Um, And he basically blames Wakanda for this vibranium race that's going on and everyone trying to get it. And he he gives him an ultimatum. He says, deliver to Talakan the scientist that is responsible for building the vibranium detecting machine, or he will attack Wakanda. So he wants that scientist, which I don't know, like... They have the technology now. I'm sure someone else has figured it out. I don't know why. Getting one person's going to really change anything. Right. But he hands them like a seashell <laughs> and says, once you have the scientists blow into the shell and I will show up.
0: <laughs> oh, my God.
1: I'm like, bro, really? Like, get some email or something. I don't know. Like, blow into the shell? Okay. And so um, almost immediately, they start trying to figure out who the scientist is, Right. Find the scientists, bring them, blow the shell, give them to Namor. That's the demand. So Shuri and Okoye learn from Everett Ross, who's in the CIA, you know, Martin Martin Freeman, um, that the scientist is Riri Williams, a student at MIT. Ooh. And so they go, just Shuri and Okoye, to MIT to confront her. Um. Almost immediately, she doesn't even realize that, like, her tech was used. She, like, did it for a project, you know? And um, almost immediately, they're pursued by law enforcement. And this huge chase takes place. In the in the wake, like, several, like, law enforcement slash FBI slash CIA dudes are, like, killed. Like, that happens for sure. Um, but then right as, like, they're trying to get Riri Williams out of there, the Atlanteans show up. And basically, like, start fighting everyone. There's a great fight with Okoye and Atuma, who is, like, the main general of the Telekan people. And, um... But then, like, they end up, like, defeating... He, like, defeats Okoye, and then he's gonna take Riri because he wants to kill her. Namor does. Or he wants to take her to meet Namor or something. And Shuri's like, let me go with you. Like, you shouldn't kill this girl. And it's just like, why did you go... Why did Namor walk up to Shuri and her mom, and be like, "Hey, find the scientist, blow into the shell, and I'll come get her." And then, like, literally, like a day later, they go do what he asks, and he sends people to go get her too. Like, huge fight. I just don't understand. Like, if you wanted her, just go get her. You yeah. know what I mean? That part was weird to me. I was like, I don't understand. No one blew any shell. I wanted to see someone blow that shell. It was Chekhov's shell. Yeah, know, right. Remember. Um, broken broken film rules there. Um, so, Atuma and his people, they take Shuri, and they take, um, Akoye. Or no, Akoye, I think, just swims away. They just take Shuri and Riri back to Talokan. Um, Everett Ross shows up on the scene. He finds, um, Shuri's Kamoyo beads, and he uses them to basically communicate with Wakanda. Um... And that's kind of how the back channel starts between the two of them. But we find out that the director of the CIA is Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine, which is just why I just hate this woman. No offense to, uh, you know, Elaine, um, but I, I just, I just find her like, it's not that she's just unlikable. Cause I do love unlikable characters. I just don't care. I don't know.
0: Yeah. It's
1: Oh, and I mean, she was apparently his wife at one point. Who whose wife? Everett Ross's.
0: Oh. Okay.
1: She like says like one line and she's like, and it's not because we were married or something. It was like a very quick little little thing, and you're I was like, wait, what? Like this is so confusing. And obviously it's all set up for like thunderbolts and shit, but it still was just like, okay. Interesting, she's here now. Alright. <laughs> but you're like, whatever. Okay. She showed up. Um So Queen Ramonda is super pissed that Okoye failed to protect Shuri, and so she like strips her of her title as General of the Dora Milaje, which was a crazy good scene. Basically, any scene with uh, Angela Bassett in it was just like ten out of ten. Yeah, that surprised me. Acted her ass off. Nice. Um, And so uh, Ramonda ends up going to Haiti. Why did I say Haiti? Haiti. I usually say I-A-T, because that's how people usually say it. Like, if you're actually from there. But then I try to do both at the same time. So, yeah, she goes to I-A-T, and um, we find out that Nakia has been living there since the blip. Which I thought was weird, because I was like, where is Nakia at, you know? Um, And so she seeks out Nakia for help. Um, And I think that's the end of that scene. Because, like, she basically is like, Nikia, you're like the best spy there is. You can get into anywhere. Uh, I need you to figure out where Talakhan is, you know, because my daughter's there. We need to save her, basically. And so she's like, okay, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, so we go to Talakhan, and Namor is showing Shuri all of his like vibranium rich kingdom underwater, and he's apparently protected it for centuries. Really fucking old. Uh, From the discovery of the world. He basically doesn't want anyone to know that they're there. And he's like super angry at the surface world. Because he grew up when like enslavement of people were happening. And the enslaving of like the Mayans and stuff like that. Um, And so he basically like hates everyone on the surface. And he proposes an alliance with Wakanda against the rest of the world. Wait,
0: how old is this character?
1: Since like the Mayans were enslaved.
0: Oh, okay. He's
1: old like hundreds. Okay. Hundreds of years. Wow. Um it would seem All right. But uh yeah, he basically was like, "Hey, why don't why don't we team together and just like take over the rest of the world." Which seems like a little bit of an overreach, but uh but he's like, "If you don't help me, I will destroy Wakanda first. It's just really weird. But like sometimes he's really nice and sometimes he's like a dick. Like, he gives Shuri, like, a little friendship bracelet. He's like, here's a bracelet, and it has, like, a a piece of, like, this thing that was given to my family when I was younger, basically. Because they show this backstory of, like, Namor's, Namor's family. I think we're all, they're, like, Mayans, and then his mom was pregnant, and they all had them drink, like, this this plant, and it was supposed to, like, heal them, but I think it like killed most of them, but because his mom took it when he was pregnant when she was pregnant, that's why he came out the way he did. He like came out of the womb with like little wings on his feet. And, you know, he can breathe underwater and gets power from that, you know, and so he gave her like a little friendship bracelet. So that's nice, right?
0: <laughs> sure.
1: Um so Nakia, everyone in this movie can learn languages like they got Duolingo in their slate. All right. <laughs> Because Nakia is able to, like, figure out how to speak, like, new languages in Talokan, She's able to find Talokan and help Riri and Shuri escape. And she does it while Namor is out talking to Queen Ramonda and is able to get them out. And so Namor retaliates by attacking Wakanda which had way more water than i remember it having. <laughs> just got to say whenever there's a water villain, water shows up everywhere.
0: Yeah, somehow. It's amazing had how like, that happens.
1: They had like bombs that like are just like exploding water. It was really really weird. Um, but the result of this is that Riri is saved by Ramonda but drowns in the process. Oh. So, Queen is dead. And Damn. Namor basically vows to come back in a week with his full army and finish it off if they don't, you know, decide to do what he wants them to do, uh, which is take over the rest of the world, basically. Um, and so at this point, basically, everyone in Wakanda is going to relocate to the Jabari Mountains, you know, over with their, their buddy M'Baku, who they go to whenever shit hits the fan. Yep. Basically, always cleaning up everyone else's mess. Um, and so we find out then at the same time that Everett Ross gets arrested by his ex-wife and director of the CIA, Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine, because she actually kept the Kamoyo beads there on purpose, knowing that he would grab them, try to work out relations with Wakanda, and so she basically, like, arrests him for, like, you know being a double agent almost, going behind the agency's back and giving them information that they shouldn't have.
0: Wow, okay.
1: And so uh, that's a part of the side story we didn't need. Um, And so guess what? Just take a wild guess at this, Eric. Um, Even though you're not going to guess anything, I'm just going to tell you. (laughs) Would you know that Shuri's magical friendship bracelet, she's able to use fibers from the herb... That gave Namor's people their superhuman hum- abilities to reconstruct a synthetic heart-shaped herb. Wow. Yeah, that. Why, uh, why did he need to give her that? You know. Damn.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that makes sense when you were describing his mom, uh, his mom's experience. I was like, oh, so it's kind of like a like a funky heart-shaped herb kind of thing.
1: Yep. You got caught up in her DMs one and wasn't thinking straight. And yeah, so. She reconstructs the heart-shaped herb, ingests it, gains Black Panther's powers, but she doesn't see her brother in her vision. She doesn't see her father, her mother. She sees Eric Killmonger in the ancestral plane. Ooh, all right. And he basically urges her to seek revenge because as much as I love Michael B. Jordan, I think Eric is a fucking idiot.
0: Ooh, hot take, okay.
1: I do, I do. He's just consumed by his revenge. And look where, it, look where it sent him, basically. True, that's fair. Um, and so we see Shuri don a new Black Panther suit. She's accepted by all the other tribes as the Black Panther. Despite M'Baku, who doesn't show up in this movie enough, despite him urging for peace, she's determined to get vengeance on Namor for her mother's death and she immediately orders a counterattack on Talokan. And then they're like there's a scene with her and Riri and they're like what do we got to do? It seems like he gets his powers from water and they're like why don't we just put a bunch of heaters in the ship then he'll evaporate all the water and he'll be powerless. And I was like damn really? This is the big brains we need for this. So you just put a couple <laughs> heaters on the fish and it dies. Man, they really uh teach a lot of stuff at MIT. Um and so they're preparing for battle. Ao is her name. She assumes the role of general of the Dormalage. Um, but Shuri gives this armor to a to wear, and it's called the Midnight Angel armor, and it's so ugly. Oh no. It is the ugliest. I I, I just don't understand. They like basically just had a suit chilling around. And uh she just doesn't look good. I don't know. It's, like, blue, and I know it's based off of the comics, but it just didn't work in the movie, and she looks like um, like like Predator or something in, like, a Power Rangers suit. Oh, no. It just doesn't look good. They give it to her, and then, like, she keeps taking off her mask anyways because they're like, we need to see the actress. Uh, I just don't understand. It's, like, it felt like they got it to sell toys is my take on it.
0: Yeah, probably true.
1: Um, she gets another one of the Dora to help. Riri, Riri Williams creates like a whole nother Iron Man suit. She had like her basic one when they were at MIT, but she's just like, boom, new suit. Like, got it. Um, bam. Oh, this armor does not look as bad as you described. Dude, it, you need to see it moving. Okay. It's, it's, oh man, literally I was going through, I love reading comments. I love reading what people got to say. And, uh, Almost every thread was like they did a Koye dirty, like it just, it just doesn't work. Um, but whatever, get over it. Um, okay, so this is this is this is where I'm going to start getting into some gripes. But I'll, I'm almost done with the movie. Um, they prepare for battle, and then like the Wakandans go out into the middle of the water in like one boat. Okay, you're fighting people that live in the ocean. And you just go out into the middle of the water in one boat. I don't... It's just like... Yeah, not the smartest. Seems like you're setting yourself up for failure a little bit, you know? Yeah. They do have, like, some flying crafts, but it just doesn't seem like the best idea. You know what I mean? Like, maybe make them come to you a little bit or something? Yeah, like, go right. on a beach? Right. Um, something like that. It's just like, the whole sequence felt... Very much, especially after She-Hulk, I was like, man, this is exactly what they were trying to avoid, I think, here. Uh, you know, just like, well, we're on the open water, which is great for CGI, and we just got, like, one boat that didn't even seem very big, you know? It felt like, like the top of a submarine, almost, <laughs> and uh, I was like, this doesn't seem, like, tactically sound, um, and so they start fighting each other. Shuri traps Namor in, like, one of their little fighter jets. And then, like, they just, like, start, like, drying him out with, like, some heaters, okay, and which weakens him. But then he eventually gets out, and, like, the two of them crash on a beach that is just, like, in the distance. The beach that they probably should have been fighting on in the first place. Um, And they're fighting, which you'd think, like, this girl is, like, Miss Science. And Namor has been alive for, like, hundreds of years or something, you know, at least a hundred. And he's a fighter, but... Shuri gets the upper hand, of course, and then uh, basically is able to realize that their paths are similar, and she's, like, telling Namor to yield whatever she wants to offer a peaceful alliance. Before this, let me add, Shuri gets stabbed with a spear straight through her body. Oh. Like, straight through, like, fucking shish kebab. All right. She pulls it out on her own and keeps fighting. Oh, my God. And then gets the upper hand and is able to get Namor to yield uh and, and build an alliance. And basically at this point, we cut back over to the ship, the single ship, and it's like ninety percent of the Atlantean people, and then like all of the main character Wakandans are still alive, but like everyone else has clearly been killed. And they're like pushing them off the edge. They're about to win, right? And Namor comes up and he's like, We've reached peace. And he's like, we're done. And then, like, the battle ends. And uh, his cousin, who happens to be named Naymora,
0: what yep, a quinky yep.
1: dink, she's upset, but he kind of, like, reassures her that their new alliance will allow them to conquer the surface world one day. Um, and then we see Riri. Uh, she returns to MIT despite having killed several people while trying to escape. She leaves her suit behind. Um, and we see Okoye rescue Everett Ross from captivity she makes a joke. It's kind of funny. She's like seeing a color. Uh, what is he? Uh, what do they call him? Colonists. What do they call him?
0: Yeah. 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 Seeing like, a colonizer,
1: seeing a colonizer in chains, you know? <laughs> <laughs> which was funny. Um, and then the movie ends, you see, uh, you, you see what you expect to be like Shuri taking on the crown. And you see all those people, da, da, oh, da, da, you know, and they're dancing on the rocks, yeah. da, 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 you know, it's like that's that scene from the first one. It's great. And, uh, the ship comes down, but it's Umbaku that steps forward. And he's like, I'm here to challenge for the throne. And Shuri's not there. He's like, in-, in Shuri's absence, I'm here to challenge for the throne. And then that scene's just done. And I was like, wait, what? What? And so I guess he's king? I don't know. They didn't, re- they didn't address it any more than that. Okay. Um, and then we see Shuri. We see some people like drop off Shuri uh, in Ayati, and she's visiting Nakia. And the last scene in the movie is, like, she's uh, she goes there. I can't remember. Yeah, she goes there, and she burns her funeral robes, you know, kind of following Ramonda's wishes so that she can grieve for her brother. So her and Nakia are sitting by the fire. And then it just, she's crying, and then it ends. Um, You see, like, the beginning credits come in of all the main people, and then you immediately have the mid credit scene, which is the only other scene in the movie. And we pick up right from where we left off. And Shuri learns that Nakia had a son with T'Challa. And she says his name is like Toussaint, which I think is like one of the like founding people of IIT. Some guy named Toussaint was a, a, a famous figure in IIT. I'm ignorant. I don't know what it is. Okay. But that was his name. And Nakia has been raising him in secret far from the pressure of the throne, which is what her and T'Challa wanted. But then... Toussaint says that his he has a Wakanda name and his name is T'Challa. Ah, <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, Nick Fur Nick Fury Jr. Back at it again. Yep,
1: yep. So that's the movie. Okay, that's the movie. Okay, so before I get into my gripes and my praises, I want to know what you think of all that. Um, I did leave some things out, but. I th- That's the gist of it.
0: I think it seemed okay. It seemed okay. I I'm, I'm not blown away by what I've heard.
1: Yeah. And there's like honestly I didn't go into every nitty-gritty detail. There's like a lot of cuts cuts back and forth with stuff. Um it is a 2 hour and 40 minute movie. It's long. There's a lot going on. The pacing is interesting. Um but yeah, let me, uh, what would you like to hear first, praises or gripes? I think gripes maybe, right? Yeah, yeah,
0: let's do that first.
1: Yeah, and on a positive note. All right, so at the beginning of the movie, the Talokans, you know, they attack that ship that found Vibranium, right? And the lady is shooting them with bullets, and they appear to be dying. It appears to be working, at least somewhat. But then later on, when they go to try to attack Riri Williams, even though the Shell was never blown, and it never will be blown. Um, basically, like, Okoye, like, cuts the shit out of them. And basically, like, you think they're dead. You think they're just straight-up dead because of the way she's, like, killing them. They're on the ground. But then, like, after all of that, she's fighting Atuma, and then the camera cuts over, and, like, they're, like, standing back up. And it's kind of like those scenes where, like, people have broken bones, and then, like, they, like, fix them immediately and keep walking. And so it's like they're shown to have some sort of healing ability or something. And it was really weird because you're like, wait, what the fuck? They're like fucking immortal or some shit like Deadpool. Um, but then they don't address it ever again. And at the very end, they seem much weaker again. And so I think like like Atuma ends up dying because a just like kicks him off a boat. What? And so it's just like, I just don't, I don't understand like, power levels, this is, one of my comments lower down is that the power levels just seem all over the place, and I just hate that. Yeah. It is, like, one thing that'll quickly ruin a movie for me. It's just, like, you can't just have people change their abilities and their powers depending on what the scene demands. Yeah. You I, know, it needs to be the whole movie. I
0: kind of get it more, I mean, that's kind of inevitable going movie to movie, but, like, if you're in the sure. same movie.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah within a two-hour experience, it really shouldn't vary much. So that bothered me. Um, these are all over the place, by the way. Um, the, Titan wrote the telecons could have easily finished off the Wakandans at the end. Like, I know, like, he, he was like, I yield, but like, they could have just finished him right there. He could have yielded, flew, up, flown up with her and then just been like, finish him and then just like fought again. You know, it just didn't really, it didn't really make too much sense, but okay. whatever. Um, The ability for Shuri to just shrug off a spear going right through her and then pulling it out was a little bit much. Like, they never address it again. You can't scare an audience with what should be, like, something that kills them. And then, like, they're like, no, I'm stronger. And then just pull it out and keep fighting. Especially someone that's not, like, a trained fighter. I don't know. I don't think Shuri... this was post-heart-shaped
0: herb, though, right?
1: Yeah. It just seems... It seems like... I don't like when a scene plays something up as if... Oh my gosh, this should kill her, and then it just doesn't. It feels like you're trying to do two things at once that are like at odds with each other almost. Um, but that, whatever, um, I can get over it. Um, the funny thing is, she manufactures this heart shaped herb, and there's like this huge bowl of heart shaped herb juice. Look delicious. I'm pretty sure it's purple. Ooh, okay, um, purple bluish. I don't know what you want to call it. And then she just, like, drinks, like, a little sip of it. And then she's able to do, like, the ancestral plane. Man, pass around some of that juice. Yeah, true. But uh, If you're talking about, like, your entire country being under threat of being taken over, you pass around some of that juice. I don't care what tradition says.
0: Yeah, uh, but I do get it for that reason, though.
1: Yeah, I just don't like it. Yeah, fair. But I'm like, I remember, I think that was one of the things I I said to me. I was like, man, pass around that bowl of juice. Damn, like, come (laughs) on. That's a special juice right there. Um yeah I wrote I love how with water villains water starts showing up everywhere. For the longest time I thought Wakanda was like landlocked. Um
0: Yeah, it sure kind of seemed that way.
1: But it seemed like immediately like the capital it's like there's all these houses on the water and I was like, oh there wasn't any of this water I don't think in the first one. Um but yeah, it's just like kind of one of those tropes where it's like, well, they got to be close by water otherwise like, you know, what's the problem? You know Right, right. It's like Namor could take over the world but like Kansas is fucking fine, you know, cuz it's just in the middle. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like, okay, whatevs. Um <laughs> I I kind of spoke to this earlier. I was like, Nam- Namor told them to do something, then blow the shell. So they immediately do it as he asks. But then the the Talakans interrupt them anyways. Like, why ask at all? <laughs> Maybe they couldn't find her? I could see that, but like still, just like I don't know. You asked them to do it, and they didn't blow the show. It was only a couple days, maybe. Just didn't seem to make anything. Yeah, you got to come uh, up with a timeline. Yeah. Um, not enough M'Baku. I wanted to see more of him. He's great. Um, every scene he was in, I liked him. Um, I did find the opening scene of Shuri trying to save T'Challa a little odd. It was like a little bit jarring. Um, they kind of made her whole personality like science and like no emotion, and it was just like a little bit too much, I think. Um, just like go be with your brother.
0: Yeah, for sure. Know, at some
1: point it's like almost insulting that it's like, you're trying to save your brother, but it's like, sometimes you just got to let things be.
0: Yeah, you know? absolutely. You can
1: try, but like if he's dying, go be with your brother. Right. Um, so that bothered me. I like get it story wise. Like, you know, she's like, she's so fucking smart, but it just, it was like almost a little bit too much. Um, the midnight angel armor is terrible. Um, um, <laughs> I found almost all the scenes with, like, the CIA and Contessa, um, Valentina, um, Allegra de Fontaine. I always have to say the full name for some reason. Um, I don't know. just, like, felt like that time could have been used better elsewhere. Um, a lot of it didn't really seem to have any consequence at all because it was just like, all right... He's got the uh, kamoyo beads, which is fine. He's got to talk to Wakanda. That made sense. But then it's like she would show up a whole bunch. There's a bunch of, like, little side scenes in there. And then she arrests him. And then then he just gets, like, right out, like, while he's being driven to prison by the Wakandans. It Just, I don't know. It was okay. They could have taken out probably, like, two or three scenes out of, like, six at least, I think. Um, and it didn't seem like it was really setting up much other than the fact that she was a CIA director and his wife. That was literally all that there really was. Yeah. Um, And we didn't learn much else from it. So it didn't seem like it had value from like a let's set up the Thunderbolts perspective kind of thing. So it was kind of weird. I just don't like her. Boring. She's not Phil Coulson. True. Um, How they handled who got the crown next was really rushed. It was basically like, Shuri's not here, so I would like to fight for the throne. And then like scene ends. And so it's like, M'Baku is the king of Wakanda now? I guess it was just like really fast. I was like, damn, you could have like, just like not pay attention for a second and just lost that. Right. So that was kind of weird. Um, power levels all over the place. I'd say altogether. Um, people learn languages in this movie way too fucking fast. Nakia just like, so all of them were kind of speaking like the language that the Talokans spoke by the end. They're like you speak the mother tongue, and then like all these people are, yeah, they have these lines together in the battles, and it's like how how are you able to pick this up so quickly? I'm sure their languages maybe are similar in some way, but I was like, eh, still, it's kind of hard to learn a language that fast. But yeah, but maybe I guess you, you can their, like, chalk that up to technology. Yeah, yeah, I don't. know. Yeah. It's just like whatever. Um, but I remember being like, damn, okay. And then my last thing, I didn't go over this in the notes. At the very beginning of the movie, like, uh, Shuri has, like, a new AI, similar to, like, Jarvis, right? And her mother kind of uh, chides her for it, uh, like, using AI as dangerous. And she's like, Mother, she's like, AI isn't dangerous like it's shown in the movies. Like, what? This is a universe in which Ultron yeah, existed. Yeah, right? That literally makes no sense. So I thought that that was almost like a an MCU continuity error. Well Because like I get the joke, but like girl, Ultron almost destroyed the world.
0: Yeah, but Ultron was like a step beyond AI. Jarvis is still AI. And Jarvis still. has always been fine. And so is uh Damn. was it Pepper? The other one?
1: No, uh, uh Friday. Friday.
0: Friday, Friday, Friday. Yeah, and, and and those are good. So I feel like I feel like Ultron is <sighs> something different.
1: Yeah. Still <laughs> Damn! All right, so that was all my bad. Okay, um, so
0: you have yet to talk about the Ironheart armor.
1: Yeah, I don't. I, I thought it was fine. Okay, it didn't like blow me away. Some of the CGI was a little bit shaky. I remember there was like a scene where like she opens her helmet up, and it felt like her face was having like an earthquake a little bit. Oh no, that's my my way of describing it. it just yeah. like felt like a little bit sketch. Okay, uh, there was definitely good CGI in this movie. There's some CGI that wasn't so good. Um, but yeah, there's a people, a bunch of people that didn't like her final armor. You barely even saw the first one, I would say. Okay. Um, that's a bummer. But the, the final armor reminded me of like Samus, you know, Samus Aran. All right. Nice. Um, and I thought that was great. Yeah. So I had no complaints. The only thing that was kind of wonky is how fast she was able to make it. But I mean, that's just the story kind of demanded it. So she made a new one. Um, and so, yeah, I like her as a character. I thought um, she was awesome. I'm looking forward to her own show, and so that was cool. Nice, no problems with that. She had good chemistry with with Shuri, um, and so all that was great. All her, all their scenes were funny. And that actress actually auditioned to play Shuri originally. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. That's happened a few times in the MCU. Yeah, you know, yeah like Tom Hilston uh, trying to be Thor, and um. What's the guy, uh, Sebastian Stan, auditioning to play Captain America?
0: Yeah. So,
1: um, yeah, so I, I enjoyed I enjoyed her as a character. The score was 11 out of 10.
0: Nice. Yep, I was going to ask about that.
1: Yeah, it was wonderful. I thought all the tributes to Chadwick Boseman, uh, especially at the beginning, and then it said, you know, this film's dedicated to our friend Chadwick Boseman, but All of the stuff related to Chadwick Bozeman was 10 out of 10. Nice. Easy. Good. 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 Good um, Angela Bassett, uh, stole the film. You know, this this movie definitely suffered a little bit from like, oh wow, this character's getting a lot of attention in this one. And she's dead. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. But I didn't mind it. She was great in every scene she was in. Um, definitely felt like she was carrying the movie from like an acting perspective. She was just astounding. Um Namor, I thought he was a great antagonist. Um you know, he could be nice, but then he could also be a dick and just ruthless, which is very similar to how he is in the comics, right? He's like your favorite asshole guy that sometimes is your friend. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I'm so glad they didn't kill him, because it looked like they were about to, and that would have been a fucking travesty. Yeah, agreed. Um, and so, yeah, I'm so glad he's he's not dead, and I can't wait to see him more. Um, him flying? Um and like just wrecking shit looked amazing. Oh, it's awesome for not having too many flying characters in the MCU, and he flies weird. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like he's like fucking jumping in the air. That shit was awesome. I thought he was great. I thought the design was great. Um, I loved the intro with Talokan. The first time you see all the people from Talokan attacking the ship for finding vibranium, I loved that. Um. Oh, I forgot one of my... I just realized one of my gripes. If you have the ability to sing a song and get people to jump into the water and commit suicide, you damn well better use that power a little bit more. I don't know why, why the Wakandans weren't just jumping off the ship. Right. They didn't make... A, they may have very briefly, but they didn't make a concerted effort to show that like, they're like, oh, like we have earplugs in or something. And it's like, I felt like that was needed because they did it more than once. They had people dying that way, like twice in the movie. And it's really cool. It's like a really effective way of like, wow, that spooky siren song, you know, tied to like history and stuff like that. um, And, you know, legends. So that was cool. But it's just like, man, seems like you probably could have done that again or something. I don't know. It's, it's, it was weird. Yeah. But I loved when they were doing it. It just seemed like they should use it more. Um, Namor does say Imperious Rex at the end of the movie. Oh dang. Which is crazy. Everyone started cheering when he said it. Um but then the last thing which is an which is a praise and a gripe is they're like we're not going to recast T'Challa Okay. But T'Challa's back, baby. Yep. <laughs> yep. Never once in my mind did I ever consider that something that could have happened.
0: Yeah, we were talking about this off the podcast and it's like I agree, but also in retrospect, it's obvious that that's something they would pull.
1: <laughs> the question is how long until we see him a little bit more grown up in the movies.
0: I mean, I think almost immediately. I
1: I bet I bet we could see him in like a young Avengers type thing too. Yeah, for sure,
0: for sure.
1: 100%. I just couldn't believe it. I was like, "Wait a second. What? <laughs> and then I and I literally said verbally, all I said, "Kevin Feige, son of a bitch!" <laughs> yeah, that's like a big brain move, right there.
0: Yes, yeah, that's, that's the uh, Nick Fury Jr. trick. Oh man,
1: um, last last item is that I loved all the whales. There was lots of whales in the movie. Nice. They would just ride, they would ride whales, and then just hop up into the air off whales. I wish I could ride a whale.
0: Yeah, I, I do like that.
1: Also, there's a little bit of irony with Shuri battling a bunch of people that wear masks on their faces.
0: <laughs> okay. There it is. Oh God. We got we got the cuck cast back again. I'm turning it off.
1: <laughs> Grow up.
0: Oh man. Alright. Okay.
1: That those those are my those are my thoughts on Black Panther Wakanda Forever.
0: Man, well that sounds super interesting. Um I don't know. I mean, this is one that I'm obviously, I'm still like r- very excited for, and I just need to see it myself, and I will, obviously, soon. Um, Can I ask you a question? Yeah.
1: Would you like to go see it with me?
0: Uh, yeah, probably.
1: Yeah, probably. You know what that is off the podcast, folks? That's a no.
0: No, 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 no. Just no, depends just on when.
1: Yeah, we'll figure it yeah. out. Yeah. I need to go see it again because I do this thing where I watch a movie for the first time, and the entire time I'm just thinking about what I thought it was versus what it is. Yep. Yep, yep. And I always feel a little bit disappointed, and then I watch it again and I'm like, Oh, that was really good. Yeah. So
0: Well, I I am very excited to hear what you're gonna rate this movie. Oh dude, this is tough.
1: This is tough. All right. As we do on the Infinity Watch podcast, we rate our episodes, special presentations, videos we find on the internet and send in a secret chat for no one else to see. Or <laughs> movies out of six whole Infinity Stones. This was really hard, dude. I don't think I can give this anything higher than a four. Okay. I almost gave it a three.
0: A three would have been rough, but I feel like four is... Yeah.
1: It barely gets a four for me right now. It might... Even if I like it again, seeing it again, I think I'd still give it a four. Um... All the Chadwick stuff was six out of six, but yeah, I don't know. it just um it just was a lot, yeah, there was a lot going on, and it was a long movie, and I just don't think they nailed everything quite right, um, but similar to Love and Thunder, like lots of great moments in it, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean, it's just a lot at once, and obviously it's a hard story to write with yeah. uh you know t'challa being gone and they had already written a second movie before he died
0: yeah that's a tough position to be in
1: but yeah i think i'd give it a four okay i didn't think it was i didn't think it was great i thought it was good
0: all right i i Um, would give your retelling of it a a four as well based on what i know but i'd be interested to see if that goes up or maybe down when i see it for myself
1: yeah, it's re- it's really funny because there's certain moments where I was like, "Damn, that was a great scene," but just because you have like amazing moments in a movie does not make an amazing movie. Yeah, right. It needs to kind of be a whole package that works and moves together. And I think that's where it struggled a little bit. Um, you could tell they were trying to do a lot in one movie, you know, and uh, you got you got like the introduction of an entire race of people the introduction of, like, a famous villain. You got the main character of the past movie dying, trying to figure out who's going to take up their mantle. Then that character's mother dies, and then, like, you have this fight between them that's crazy. You're introducing another new main character to the MCU. It's just, like, a lot to juggle. Yeah. And then you're trying to, like, set up stuff and characters for another Marvel movie. It's just, like, as much as this was self-contained, you got a character that's going to show up in another franchise in the MCU. You got a character that is going to have a franchise of their own that's going to be a sequel, Ironheart. You got the Contessa shit, which she's going to show up against somewhere, you know, bounce it around and has been showing up. And then you still got all of the outcomes of Chadwick Boseman dying. It's it wasn't as self-contained as it seems. Um and so yeah, it was just it was a lot, I would say
0: interesting but we'll see yeah we'll
1: see how it is i need to i need to watch it again yeah i absolutely need sure. to watch it again probably in theaters um unlike thor love and thunder which i only saw in theaters yeah. once so <laughs> but i will say the theaters were fucking packed yeah and uh i got a little bit drunk there we go because man they'll just you know what they do now they're like let you buy a beer and then they're like would you like us to deliver one halfway through the movie Ooh. to you as well and i was like what Kind of, damn. <laughs> Kinda. Um, funny story before we, before we jump to recommendations, but they're like we can, the line for for food was insane. Like I'm talking like 30 minutes plus. So I go get some beers for Mia and I. She's like, we can get you popcorn, and skip the line. And I was like, oh, hell yeah, because I'm probably going to drink too much. And um, they're like just bring this card up to the front. And then like no one would take the card from me to skip the line. And then this other woman came with me, and she's like, oh, yeah, that sounded like a great idea. Let's do it. And I'm like, I stood there for, like, five minutes, and I couldn't get anyone's attention. And then this lady's like, me and this young man waiting for some popcorn. Who's going to help us? And I was like, oh, damn. And then immediately we got popcorn. Like, immediately. No
0: way. That's the best.
1: She's like, she's like see, we didn't pay that much money to not skip the line. And I was like, thank you so much. <laughs> because I'm way too nice for this shit. Um and so that was amazing. But, yeah, I'm pretty sure that popcorn gave both of us, like, mild food poisoning. Oh, man. Good night. Good Probably night. worth
0: it in the moment, though.
1: Yeah, it was. Man, that stuff. Looks like pee, but tastes like gold, baby. Yep. <laughs> All right. Let's jump over to recommendations. You got anything good?
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm sure I've recommended this before, but I'm going to do it again. Uh, everyone absolutely needs to watch Andor. The last episode of Andor is like one of the most amazing episodes of television I've ever seen. Uh, I had chills for like 20 straight minutes of that episode. Um, It's basically like a jailbreak episode. Uh,
1: I've been seeing praise for that episode all over the place. Oh
0: my god, it's so good. So, I know I've talked about this before. Everybody knows how good Andor is, so I won't uh, harp on it, but Watch Andor. It's amazing.
1: Yeah, I need to do it. I'm I'm waiting for it to be done, but I, I probably won't watch it when I get a little bit of time. Yeah. It's getting to be that time of year where I watch a little bit more TV than I normally do. Nice. And I just finished up my uh, A3 watch of Ted Lasso. Oh, my God. Which happens to be half of my recommendations. If you have not watched Ted Lasso, you're you need to fix your life. All right? They just got to fix it because it's amazing. And it's really short, you know? It's not long, Um, which is the opposite of short. So I just highly recommend you watch Ted Lasso if you've never watched it. It's just a great, funny show. Very positive, very funny. I've never met a single person that doesn't like it. And you don't have to be into sports. I don't like sports at all. I don't even know anything about soccer. I love it. Um, But my true recommendation is a book I read while I was on my honeymoon. Um, It's called The Twist of a Knife by Anthony Horowitz. Um, just like 60 out of 60 infinity stones. I love this guy. This guy writes such good mysteries and I just can't put them down. And this is a series. It's kind of meta. It's like the, uh, the author of the book is in the book and it's like a fictionalized version of his life. And so he's like trying to write books, but then him and like a detective end up solving like real murders that happen in their fictionalized world that makes sense you know what i mean so it's like it's written as if it's really happening in the real world but it's all fiction um which is a kind of a weird premise but i love it this is the fourth one in that series um and it coincidentally comes out today in the united states Ooh, so all right i got an advanced copy because i bought it from the uk and he's a uk writer so it comes out earlier there um but highly recommend it comes out literally today And it's called The Twist of a Knife by Anthony Horowitz. Nice. Boom. Well, we got one episode left. So if you want to say anything, you're running out of time. And you know what? I don't know how much patience we have at this point. But you can email us at theinfinitywatchpodcast at gmail.com or you can tweet us at infinity rewatch. Even though Twitter's a goddamn fucking mess right now. (laughs) True. And to that we say, fuck the billionaire and the other billionaires, too. Yeah,
0: fuck them all. Fuck the billionaires.